Chapter 13 Brant's sneakers crunched over shards of broken glass as he crossed the room to Ginny. Make it stop, she shrieked, her eyes wide with fear. Make it stop, please. She raised both arms. Her hands were drenched with blood. The blood poured from her wrists over her sweatshirt and jeans. Brant grabbed a dish towel off the counter and struggled to wrap it around one of Ginny's wrists. Make it stop, make it stop, she cried. We have to wrap both arms, she said, his eyes searching frantically for another towel. Make it stop, make it stop. Her eyes rolled wildly in her head. Somehow she had smeared blood over her face. She's in shock, Brant realized. What on earth happened? He jerked some paper towels off the roll and began wrapping them around the other wrist. Make it stop. Please make it stop. Her cries grew even shriller, more terrified. As Brant wrapped the towels tightly around Ginny's arms, his parents burst into the kitchen through the back door. With all the excitement, Brant hadn't heard their car pull into the driveway. Oh my, Mrs. McCloy cried in alarm, raising her hands to her face. What? She dropped her purse on the kitchen table and hurried to help Ginny. Brant, what's happened? How did she cut herself? Brant's dad demanded. Make it stop. Make it stop, Ginny shrieked. Mrs. McCloy grabbed more paper towels and wrapped them tightly around Ginny's left arm. I'll get bandages. Mr. McCloy turned to hurry to the medicine chest. I, I don't know how it happened, Brant stammered. Gazing down, he saw that his shirt and jeans were smeared with blood. The glass, it flew out of my hand, Ginny screamed, her eyes finally starting to focus again. It shattered in midair. I, 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 I... Mrs. McCloy placed a comforting hand on Ginny's shoulder. I think we're stopping the bleeding. She pulled back the paper towel and examined the wrist. The cut isn't really that deep. It may not even need stitches. But the glass just flew, Ginny cried, not seeming to hear Brent's mother. Like somebody pulled it away, and then it shattered for no reason. Brent gasped. He suddenly remembered Ezra. The spirit felt as if it were being pulled from Brant's hand, and then it pierced the cat's body. And now, the glass... Let's get you to the emergency room, Mrs. McCloy was saying, her arms still around Ginny's shoulders. The bleeding has almost stopped, but we should have a doctor take a look at those cuts. It just shattered, Ginny repeated, still dazed. It just shattered in midair. The doctor at Shadyside Hospital bandaged Ginny's wrists. She didn't need stitches. She was feeling a little better by the time Brant and his parents trapped her off at her house. Brant walked her up to the front door. Great study date, she muttered, staring down at her bandages. Sorry, Brant replied quietly. Next time, we'll study at my house, she said. She hurried inside. Brant's parents were waiting in the car. He told them he felt like walking home. I really need to get some air. But you're covered in blood, Mrs. McCloy protested. It's a ten-minute walk, Brant insisted. I'll change as soon as I get home. He watched them back down Ginny's drive and pull away. Then, shoving his hands into his jeans pockets, he began walking slowly toward home. The late afternoon sky was low and gray. The air carried a damp chill. He had turned the corner onto Fear Street, when out of the corner of his eye, he thought he saw something move along a low hedge. He spun around. No one there. Brant picked up his pace a little. The street lights flickered on, casting shadows on the road. Brant suddenly felt sure that someone was following him. He stopped and listened. Silence. He turned back again. A shadowy figure moved silently toward him. Brant shuddered. No, he cried. Leave me alone. He began to run. The shadowy figure floated closer, moving silently, effortlessly, as if pushed forward on the wind. Fear tightened Brant's throat. Go away, he managed to choke out. But the dark figure, all gray, on shades of gray, slipped closer. Closer. Brant forced his legs to run faster. He could see his house. He felt a cold wind on his back. The icy touch of the shadowy stranger. No, Brant screamed shrilly. Using all his strength, he pulled away. But the icy wind swept up his back. His sneakers pounded on the sidewalk. He turned sharply, into the tall grass of his front yard. 
I'll be safe if I get to the house, he thought. Safe from this cold, shadowy stranger. Safe. He tripped over a tree root, stumbled to the ground, sprawled face down in the tall, damp grass, and waited in terror for the cold shadow to sweep over him. Chapter 14 Hey, Brant? Brant raised his head when he heard the voice. Brant, are you okay? Abby. He spun around, his eyes searching the grass. The shadow had vanished. Who was it? What was it? He didn't have time to think about it. Abby was making her way toward him over the tall grass, her expression showing her concern. Embarrassed, Brant climbed to his feet and brushed the dirt from his jeans. I'm okay, he assured her. I was running and... His voice trailed off. And you fell on your face? She burst out laughing. Not funny, he muttered. She covered her mouth and forced herself to stop. Sorry, I saw you and... Want to come in and talk for a while? Brant suggested. Abby glanced warily at the house. To be honest, your house scares me a little. Let's just sit on the porch, he suggested. She nodded and started to follow him. But she suddenly stopped and her expression changed. What's that? She pointed to the dark blood stains in his sweater and jeans. Is that mud? Yeah, I guess, Brant replied. He didn't feel like telling her the truth. I'm such a klutz today. I have days like that, Abby replied, eyeing him intently. They settled on the porch steps. Abby, Brant began thoughtfully. What else do you know about this house? I mean, what else went on here before I moved in? Hey, I'm not a snoopy neighbor, Abby insisted. I really don't know that much. Come on, Brant coaxed. You must have heard something, other weird stories, or maybe you saw something strange going on. Abby shook her head. I can't think of anything. What about the girl who died? Do you have any idea how it happened? Abby wrinkled her nose. Why are you asking me all these questions? Brant realized that his questions were frightening Abby and that she couldn't help him. He suddenly wanted to be somewhere safe and warm, and he didn't want to be alone. Abby, he began, trying to be casual about it. Are you busy tonight? Maybe we could go see a movie. I wish I could, Abby said, but I can't go tonight. What about tomorrow afternoon? Brent began to say yes, but he stopped himself. He remembered that he had made a date with Meg. Tomorrow is no good. You sure you can't go out tonight, he persisted. We can see a comedy, a nice, cheerful movie where nobody dies or gets mutilated or anything. Abby laughed. Sorry, she told him. Another night? We just can't seem to get it together, can we? Brant complained. Hey, no problem, Abby assured him. We will. After all, we're neighbors. She stood up. It's getting chilly and dark. I'd better get home. See you later. See you. As soon as Brant opened the front door, his father called from the kitchen. Is that you, Brant? Yes, Brant replied. Get in here. Your mother and I want to talk to you. Brant ambled into the kitchen, taking his time. He wasn't looking forward to whatever his father had to say. He could tell by the tone of his voice that his father was unhappy about something. Mrs. McCloy stood at the stove, stirring soup in a large pot. Mr. McCloy was seated at the counter, chopping carrots for a salad. The blood had been all washed up, Brant saw happily. When Brant entered, Mr. McCloy set down his knife and raised his eyes to him. Ginny seems like a nice girl, he said, but your mother and I were a little surprised to find her here. We're working on her chemistry project. We're lab partners, Brant answered curtly. Why didn't you tell us you invited her over, Brant? His mother asked, turning to face him. Did you wait till we left and then invite her over? No way, Bray insisted impatiently. I didn't know I had to tell you every little thing. I'm allowed to invite friends over, aren't I? His mother frowned, hurt. She turned back to the stove. We never mind if you have friends over, Mr. McCloy said. He changed his tone, trying to sound lighter, less upset. It's just, well, we met your friend Abby the other day, and then today it's Ginny. We don't think you should overdo it, that's all. Overdo what? Brant snapped, even though he knew perfectly well what they were talking about. He heard it before. You know, Mrs. McCloy said, too many girls. It could be too much for you. Look what happened today. 
Jeannie could have been seriously hurt. But that wasn't my fault, Brant protested. It was an accident. We know that, Brant. But what if we hadn't come home when we did? What if taken a lot out of you? Give me a break. I can't take any more of this, Brant muttered. Call me when dinner is ready. He stomped out of the kitchen. Creak, creak, creak. Brant lay on his bed, staring up at the dark ceiling. Creak, creak, creak. The footsteps again, in the attic. What did it mean? Who was up there? What was making those mysterious sounds? Brant decided to ignore them this time. He took a deep breath and closed his eyes. Creak, creak, creak. His eyes flew open. It was no use. He'd never be able to fall asleep again. It sounded as if someone were pacing back and forth up there, back and forth right over his head. One more time, he thought. I'm going to sneak up to that attic as quietly as I can. This time, maybe I'll catch whoever it is up there. He slipped out of bed and crept up the attic stairs. Silence. He switched on the light. No one in view. But there, in the middle of the floor, lay the diary. It had been moved. Brant stepped toward it. The little book lay open. Puzzled, he bent down and picked up the diary. Huh? He uttered a low cry when he saw the fresh writing. A new page. Someone had started a new page. His hand trembled and his eyes grew wide as he read the words, neatly written in blue ink. I made Ginny bleed. Abby is next. Chapter 15 Brant dropped the diary as if it were burning hot. I don't believe this, he thought. His entire body trembled. Who wrote the new entry? Who wrote these words? He grabbed a diary and shuffled through the old pages. They were written in the same blue ink he saw, in the same handwriting. Callie Fraser's handwriting. But how could Callie Fraser still be writing in a diary? She was dead. Still trembling, Brant stared at the newly written words again. I made Ginny bleed. Abby is next. Such cold, cruel words. Was it some kind of joke? Brant suddenly wondered. Was someone trying to scare him? No. No one else had been up in the attic. No one. So what did it mean? Was the house really haunted? Haunted by the ghost of Callie Fraser? Had a ghost written these frightening new words? Had a ghost killed Ezra and cut Ginny? And was the ghost really planning to hurt Abby next? Brant shut the diary and tossed it against the wall. He suddenly remembered the shadow-like figure that had chased him onto the front yard. That was the ghost, he decided. The ghost was outside. It chased me home. The ghost is outside and inside the house. This is crazy, he thought. Totally crazy. He climbed to his feet. But if it is for real, I can stop it, he told himself. Whatever it is, whoever it is, I won't let Abby get hurt. I know there's evil in this house, he whispered, wondering if the ghost could hear him. But if anyone can beat it, I can. Brant woke up early and hurried to the phone to warn Abby. He held the receiver in his hand, and he realized he didn't know her number, or her last name. Didn't she tell me her last name? He struggled to remember. He put down the phone and hurried to the front door. Stepping out into a blustery gray morning that threatened rain, he made his way down the driveway. Which house is hers, he wondered, turning first to the left, then to the right. Or did Abby say she lived across the street? The houses all looked dark. It was a little after eight o'clock, but no lights were on in any of them. I have to warn Abby, Brant told himself. She'll probably think I'm crazy, but I have to warn her. As he turned and trudged back into the house, he vowed to tell her the next time he saw her. If I have to, I'll search door to door, he decided. I won't let Abby get hurt. I won't. That's the weirdest thing I ever heard, Mega said. Brent had just told her about the diary. He had to tell someone, and Mega had proven to be a good listener. She was sitting with her legs tucked under her, on a low chair in her den. Brent sat cross-legged on the floor, leaning back against the couch. Brent yawned for the hundredth time. 
He was exhausted from being awake the entire night, but he hadn't wanted to cancel his date with Meg. Meg had rented a movie. She pressed the pause button and stood up to get more popcorn when she noticed how tired Brant looked. Are you okay? she had asked him. That's when he had told her about the footsteps in the attic and about Callie Fraser's diary. Someone is playing a really mean joke on you, Meg said. What else could it be? But who would do it? And how are they doing it? Brant wondered aloud. And why? It doesn't make sense. Meg stared at him, thinking hard. I'll bet it's John, she said finally. Brant laughed. You always want to blame John for everything. Meg looked hurt. I'm being serious. She shoved a strand of auburn hair off her forehead. You don't know John. He's jealous of you, Brant. He... John may be very slick on a basketball court, but he isn't slick enough to sneak up into my attic and write in Callie Fraser's handwriting, Brant told her firmly. Meg settled back on the chair, frowning. The closet door suddenly moved with a squeak. Brant gasped, staring at the door in terror. It's only Lulu, Meg told him. A fluffy white cat slinked out of the closet and settled onto Meg's lap. Whoa, you're awfully jumpy today. Brant let out a long, slow breath. I keep expecting shadowy ghosts to jump out at me wherever I go, he thought. I can't ever let my guard down for a second. He decided not to tell Meg about the choking cloud of white smoke that burst from his closet, or the shadowy ghost that chased him home. She'll think I'm a total psycho, he told himself. And then, a troubling thought. Maybe I am. Meg set the cat down, crossed the room, and sat down on the floor next to Brent. Relax, she said softly. Let's think about something else for a while. She leaned forward and kissed him. Brant wrapped his arms around her and kissed her too. Her lips were soft and warm. He wanted to be kissed. He needed to be kissed. He pressed his mouth against hers hungrily. Hey! Something jabbed his leg. Something sharp. Brant cried out and pulled away from Meg. What was that? Meg reached behind him and pulled Lulu into her arms. The stupid cat, she told him. Did she call you? Sorry. Brant smiled tensely. Oh! He started to pull her close to kiss her again, but the front doorbell rang. Meg sighed. I'll be right back. She climbed to her feet and made her way across the living room to the front door. Brant could see the door from where he sat on the den floor. Hey, Magster! Brant recognized Jenny's voice. Uh-oh, Brant thought, straightening his hair with his fingers. He moved from the couch to the floor, hoping that position would seem more innocent. Ginny, in dark green jeans and a pale yellow sweater, strode into the house, Meg at her heels. I just stopped by for a second, too. When she spotted Brant on the couch, her mouth dropped open in surprise. Her face turned red, but she recovered quickly. Oh, hi, Brant. What are you doing here? We're just studying, Meg replied for him. With no books, Ginny's voice grew shrill. Her eyes fell on the TV and she added, While watching a movie? Want to join us? Brant asked lightly. He patted the couch cushion next to him. Uh, Meg, could I see you for a minute in the next room? Ginny demanded. It wasn't really a question. Meg followed Ginny into the living room. Brant could hear them whispering sharply, angrily to each other. Hey, don't fight over me, girls, he called, trying to keep it light. There's plenty of me to go around. They ignored him and kept whispering. A few seconds later, Brant heard the front door slam. Meg returned to the den, her cheeks bright pink. What's Ginny's problem anyway? She already has a boyfriend. Brant left Meg's house a short while later. Ginny's appearance had spoiled the afternoon. Brant liked the idea of having two girls fight over him, but he was too exhausted and stressed out to be able to deal with it then. His parents were out when he got home. The house sat quiet and dark, mysterious and full of secrets. Brant hesitated for a second, feeling weary, worn out, and frightened. Taking a deep breath, he walked up the stairs and straight to the attic. He had to see the diary. Would it be where he left it? Would there be any new entries? He stepped onto the attic floor. A dim shaft of light filtered through the attic window, casting a halo of dust around the diary.
Brant knelt beside the book. With trembling fingers, he opened the cover. Then he turned to the last page. Was there a new entry? He raised the open diary, read the last page, and gasped in horror. Chapter 16 I made Ginny bleed. Abby is next. Brant, you cannot save Abby. No! Brant cried out loud. He slammed the diary shut and squeezed the book in his hand, squeezed it until his hand ached. Callie Fraser, can you hear me? He called. Silence. Are you writing these threats in your diary, Callie? Brant demanded in a quivering voice. Silence. I'm taking your diary away, he shouted. I'm taking it and hiding it, Callie, so you can't make any more threats. He moved quickly to the stairs, the diary still clasped tightly in his hand. Have I gone totally crazy, he asked himself. Am I really up here shouting at a ghost? He clambered heavily down the stairs, into his room. If there is no diary, will the evil still happen, he wondered. Can I save Abby by hiding the diary? He glanced around the room, desperately searching for a hiding place. The closet? No. He remembered that green glow, the flash of white that had sprung out from him from the closet. The diary wouldn't be safe there. He pulled open his bottom dresser drawer and tossed the diary into a stack of t-shirts. It would have to do. As he pushed the drawer closed, Brant heard a voice. Mom? Dad? He called. Are you home? No answer. He hurried to the window and checked the driveway. No, no sign of his parents. He heard the voice again, tiny, far away. Callie, is that you? Did you come to find your diary? He demanded, his eyes searching the room. A muffled voice, out in the hall. He stepped out into the hallway and listened, crying. Was someone crying? Hello? He called. Is someone here? The muffled cry grew louder. A whimpering dog? A child? But where? Where was it coming from? Gripped with fear, Brant forced his legs to carry him down the dimly lit hall. The tiny cries seemed to come from an empty bedroom. He stopped outside the door to the room and listened. Is anybody in there? Can you hear me? As he stepped into the empty room, he heard a little boy's frightened voice. Mommy, it's me. Are you there, Mommy? Who, who is it? Brant stammered. Where are you? Help me, Mommy. Help me. Come get me, Mommy. It's so dark here. Come get me. It's me. James! Chapter 17 The little boy's tiny, terrified voice sent a cold shudder down Brant's spine. Mommy! Mommy, where are you? The voice cried. Come get me, Mommy, please! Brant switched on the light. A single bare bulb shone in a ceiling fixture. His eyes started frantically around the room. No one there. Mommy! The voice pleaded. Help me! Come get me! It's so dark here! No, Brant thought. It's impossible. The voice seems to be coming from inside the wall. Brant froze, unable to decide what to do. Taking a deep breath, he forced himself to the wall and pressed his hands against it. Was there some kind of trap door in the wall? Some kind of secret compartment? He ran his hands all along the wall, pressing hard, but it was solid, plaster. Take me home, Mommy. It's James. Mommy, where are you? James. James. Why does that name sound so familiar? Brant asked himself. The diary, he remembered. Callie wrote about her brother, a little boy named James. She told a horrifying story about how James and his dog disappeared and were never found. But Callie's family heard James calling to them, calling from inside the walls. Could that little boy still be alive? Brant wondered, staring at the white plaster wall. No, it was impossible. The house had been empty for more than a year. Mommy, I'm scared. It's so dark in here. I'm so lonely. Get me out, Mommy. I'll help you, James, Brant shouted. Don't be afraid. I'll help you. But how? Somehow, he had to open up the wall. 
Please don't leave me, Mommy. Don't leave me behind. Don't worry, James, Brant called. I'll be right back. He hurried downstairs and frantically rummaged through the cartons stacked in the dining room. He knew his father had packed his tools somewhere. A few minutes later, he returned to the room, carrying a large wooden mallet. James, Brant called. Are you still here? Mommy, get me out, the boy screeched. All right, Brant called in a soothing voice. Wherever you are, James, step away from this side of the wall. Brant waited a few seconds. Then he heaved the mallet and swung it at the wall. It cracked a hole in the plaster. Brant peered inside the hole. Nothing but darkness. No sign of the boy. James? Brant called. Silence. Then, Mommy, I want to come back. Please, Mommy? Hold on, James, Brant called breathlessly. He raised the heavy mallet and swung again. 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 The plaster crumbled. The hole widened. Brent struggled to catch his breath. A sour odor invaded his nostrils. He recognized it at once, the same stench he'd smelled in his room a few days before. The stench of decay, of rotting flesh. One more swing of the mallet, and the wall fell away. Oh! Brent uttered a sickened cry. The mallet dropped from his hands and landed at his feet with a thud. He was staring at the most gruesome sight he had ever seen in his life. 